Welcome everybody to another episode of Amplify Your Business. Today I have a couple who are a partners in life, but also partners in their business. So with me today is Nadine and Franco Duco. They are the owners of NACO Commercial Property Solutions, and they're located here in the Edmonton region. And I just want to say welcome to the show to both of you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So right off the top, before we get into the business that you're in, I want to uh, see if I can tease out any, you know, great pieces of knowledge out of your vast entrepreneurial history here. You guys have been in business for a number of years. And so I'm just curious, what are three things that you think every entrepreneur should know? Um. It's not easy. It is a lot of hard work. <laughs> and a lot of it too, you learn as you go. You can't know everything, no matter what school, no matter what people tell you. Your journey for an entrepreneur is going to be your journey. And every business is different. Yeah. Learn and understand your market is crucial. And, uh, and getting constant feedback from your client is, I think, is the most important thing. Yeah, isn't that the truth, right? I mean, if you don't understand what their needs are, you're never going to be able to really fulfill them. And so we can make some assumptions and that can be very, very dangerous. And so having that knowledge, uh, and I loved what you said, Nadine, just about it, like, it, it's not easy. It's a lot of work. Um, there's so <laughs> many people, it's it's so funny, right? Like uh, there's, a, there's a lot of people who look at us entrepreneurs and they, from the outside and they look in and they're like, ah, you know what, that, that just looks like so much fun and it'd be so easy. They probably have so much time off and so on, but it's a lot of work. It's a lot of, a lot of effort. You may have through. sometimes, I think, physical time off, but not mental time off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's exactly, exactly where I'm at. You know, I'm always thinking about the business and the worst part about it for me anyway, I don't know if you guys can relate. I'm sure you can though, is there's always like 20 or a hundred things that are like on the to-do list that I never get that completely cleared off as a business owner. Is it, can you guys no. relate to that? Yeah, that that's very true. I think the biggest thing uh, for myself is um, because I'm working closely out and out and, you know, on the pro on properties, I tend to everywhere I go, I tend to see opportunities. So mm. the brain never shuts off on the opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and then you, you tend to, to, to overthink, um, shutting off is, 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 is a hard thing to do. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I love, I love what you just said there about the opportunities, always seeing that. I, I think that is the the gift or possibly the curse that us entrepreneurs have, mm -hmm. right? Is that we don't see problems. We see opportunities usually, right? Because there's always like, ah, there's a solution there. Somebody hasn't maybe thought of yet. Uh, but it, you mentioned being out on property, uh, Franco. And so um, what, I think now would be a good time for you guys to maybe give us a little bit of a background as to what NACO does. Um, so we have a better understanding of the context in which this conversation is going to be held. Well, on, a, on commercial and industrial sites and including commercial residential sites, um, there's an, an, uh, an estimated 14 to 15 different services that's required um, to, to maintain, uh, parking lots and, and, and the grounds. Um, we, we provide 12 out of those 14 services to our clients. Hmm. 
um, from snow removal to landscaping to anything to do with asphalt and concrete uh, maintenance and care. Um, pretty much. Line painting, the yeah. stop signs that people run over, those, <laughs> the homeless camps, like all the little things, the cleanouts of buildings, like anything you can think of, the, all the little jobs that maybe you don't think someone does, we do. <laughs> okay, excellent. Yeah, so is it mostly you mentioned the parking lot and like the, the landscaped area, the lot, um, is anything to do with the buildings at all or is it we, mostly- we, we're strictly uh, the only we do wash them yeah we do wash, wash the yeah. interior um, of industrial base uh, we also do we will assist our clients in move outs um, and uh, and get basically having their their vacant suites uh, show ready okay uh, but I would say 90% of what we do or 90, 95% of what we do is exterior uh, parking okay. lot mate. Gotcha. And so now you guys have been doing this for uh, a little over 16 years or, or it's just this we month. Just we started yeah. our, we were, we're September 1st is the start of our 17th year. Yeah. yeah. Well, congratulations. Yeah. That's a, that's a long time, right? Because I mean, uh, Oftentimes, um, I'm talking to entrepreneurs who are in that, uh, you know, year one to year seven kind of range with their business. And so if you've made it through that valley of death, they call it the first five years, things get a lot easier after that. You get a lot of referrals, a lot of recurring business. You've got the reputation now and you've got your systems and, and your offering kind of nailed down. Um, so 16 years, uh, you guys have been at this. What have you learned along the the way? Like, was there any surprises that came up um, between, you know, year one and, and year 17 now? A lot of paperwork is key. You have to have things in writing. And, you know, as sad as it is to say, you can't trust everyone, <laughs> yeah. you know, and so you do need to make sure you dot the I's and, and you know, make sure everything's in paperwork. We've tried the we've done, we've done the, the, out and... the old school farmer shake hand deals in the beginning of our business, um, which uh, which we've been burnt on before financially. Uh, so we mm-hmm. learned that um, by having proper contracts in place, having a legal department to help us out, proper accounting department to help us out. It's really, uh, really keep us on track and keep people honest. That's pretty much what it's done. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, I think that that I, the, the largest learning lesson for us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I think that's actually one of the areas that I was probably weakest at when I started too, was just the paperwork part of it, that administrative yeah. part, because it's not fun. Nobody really wants no. that. Well, I didn't get into no. business just to be doing up contracts and, and, yeah. and, you know, documenting everything. And so, yeah, there's a, a lot of things that I've done over the years where it has just been very verbal or a handshake or whatever. Thankfully, I've gotten away with it for the most part, but you're right. Like we have to always remember that the person on the other end of that deal on the other side of that table, uh, they are not necessarily the same as us. And uh, I've definitely been burnt as well on a few things. And it's just, sometimes it's just like, it just really blows my mind that somebody else who's in business would actually risk their reputation by, you know, reneging on or completely ignoring certain aspects of a, of a contract or the deal and so on. So yeah, yeah, you got to protect yourself for sure. We've taken all of those negative situations and learned from it. Yeah. Well, that's just it. You you get taught a lesson, and it's a 
a lesson as long as you're learning. If you continue to do the same thing, then there's no point. <laughs> yeah. So we've had, uh, like, now we have a great lawyer, accountant, and now we're working with new advertising people as well. We are working with an insurance broker, which is something I didn't even know existed till a couple of years ago. So, which is really great thing. But I think one of the biggest things, like we were saying, is having those professionals in place to work for you. Because as new entrepreneurs, you don't always know these things. And we don't have any further than a high school education. Education. And so you kind of learn from your peers and other business owners or professionals. And I would say, take their advice, listen to what they have to say, because you don't know everything. A friend of ours, too, said, don't take advice from the guy that is working at McDonald's. He doesn't know anything about being an entrepreneur or making money. You listen to the people that have learned and experienced it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can surround yourselves with people who have lived it, right? Or who have yeah. the expertise within it, right? Yeah, that's the, the key. So I, I'm curious, because a lot of a lot of things change in 16 years, right? In a business and an yeah. industry. Um, like, I mean, just our city alone, there's been so many changes. But I mean, your industry in particular, the way people maybe engage the services or need the services probably changed uh, as well. If if you were to either one of you or both of you were to sit down and write a letter to your you know, younger selves, so the 16 years ago, uh, when you were first starting the business, what would be in that letter? What would you include in that if you could write something to yourself? That's a tough question. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that is tough. I think for us, it's when we start off, um, we didn't really understand. There wasn't... 16 years ago, there wasn't a lot of financial institutes that were willing to um, assist you uh, with, you know, with the ability to grow finance, you know, buying equipment and having a property to run your business out of and so on. Um, uh, we learned that that there is. Well, going to a bank like BDC or so uh, Canadian Western Bank is another one as well. The, usually yeah. these major banks will not loan you money, you know, but like a lot of things we had done personally, like, I don't know that there's much that you could have told us, like so many things. I'm not big on coulda, woulda, shoulda. Like you have to experience things as you go. It makes you who you are. And without those, you can't be here. <laughs> so yeah. I know that's kind of maybe not what uh, like to tell us what to know. I don't know. It'll be okay. It'll work out maybe. <laughs> <laughs> have faith, right? Yeah. Yeah. Faith yeah. 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 And that's the truth of it is uh, it's really difficult sometimes to, to anticipate. And, and so you do have to, as a, as an entrepreneur, learn through those mistakes. So um, a, a question for you, because of the people who are listening today, maybe there's some mistakes that you have made. Um, we talked a little bit about the paperwork part of it, making sure to get that done yeah. and then the contracts and stuff. But just from a business standpoint, was there any learnings that came from any mistakes that you guys have made over the years that you could share with our audience today? One would be about getting paid um, mm. from the time that you have served someone the last day of service. You, if they don't pay you within 30 days, you have 45 to place a lien. So do that. If you have any question of them not going to pay you, lien the property. Like we have a lawyer that I call up. Yeah, we need this one leaned and he does it for me within a day or two. And like it has saved us a couple times and the clients respond very quickly. You can talk to them until you're blue in the face. But when they see that 
on their desk there. Yeah. We've also learned that the, because you deal with a particular property manager um, or even a site supervisor, they're not the ones writing the checks. Yeah. Uh, you know, you'll, you'll get the song and dance of all oh, the checks on its way or the invoices being processed. And then you now we lapse the time um, when other people are making decisions on signing those checks. So I think for us, it would be more being more diligent on, uh, on our receivables. I think yeah. that's a big part yeah. of it. Um, and that comes down to not necessarily not trusting your clients, but basically holding your clients accountable because yeah. at the end of the day, um, the legal part of how we collect, uh, if you run out of time, you'll never collect. Yeah. So a, a quick question for you guys on that, just because I think when a person starts their business, I, and even myself, I mean, I'm over a decade into into our business as well. Uh, we're going to be uh, celebrating our 11th year, I guess, here coming up this uh, uh, next month, I guess it is. And so I, I still, there's a bit of discomfort that I have in uh in in that part of it where it's like to to push uh, to get the payment on that like for with some of the ones who are just you know perennially late <laughs> they, yeah. They, yeah. They're, yeah they're 30 days 60 days all of a sudden and then 90 days and it will get caught up a little bit yeah. and it's like and and so i i'm not on top of it as well as i should be is this something that you um still have some hesitancy or is it just you know what we've been we do we, we have we have clients like with it. with large portfolio and just because you're behind on one property doesn't mean you're behind on the other 14 or 15 properties so yeah. we do what we can to partner with our clients we do what we can to make sure that we're communicating i think that's the key is um you know uh, it, it, a lot of the, the the larger companies out there they have their payables and they have their receivables so so when we're sending out messages about invoices and, and collections, pretty much it goes out to a multitude of people and not just one individual. Yeah. Um, I, I think, but it is definitely difficult. I mean, you know, even recently with the way yeah. cost has been, you know, skyrocketed and we, we have, and contracts are locked in and a certain price, we have to commun- communicate, you know, certain, uh, certain needs to our clients and hopefully well, then we do gauge. It's not like it's the first thing we jump to. You communicate a little and you kind of have to go feel for it. Like one client that we are working with, the, the property manager is like, well, I understand you have to do what you have to do to get paid. Like they're not even the client or the person we're working with completely understands. And so it's a full communication and it is done on per client basis. We don't have a standard. Oh, you Correct. didn't pay 30 days. We're going to go do this. We we're not like yeah. that. You know, there's there is communication before it happens. Yeah. And so I guess that's the biggest thing. And, and, you know, I also feel you give out what you give back where our bills are always paid on time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. You know, understanding where the problem is uh, within that company is super important because it may not be the manager you're dealing with. It could be their accounts department or even could be the landlord. Yeah. Um, the landlord itself. And a lot of landlords are not even living here in, Al- in Alberta. They're overseas or yeah. you know um and it's landlords are the ones who released funds so it's understanding where that partnering with them is a super important too because a lot of times we don't necessarily need to have full payment just show us that you're making partial payments mm-hmm. we didn't um, find any options like we have one client that we would take the money out of their account for them 
mm. it worked better yeah. you know so we accept e transfer you know checks and however you want to do it we can accommodate however they'd like it done i think that's key too we don't have credit card but i think i've maybe had one in 17 years ask so yeah, yeah. that's our business every business is i think so, i think for a lot of new businesses um they need to understand though the 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 logistics part of it the legal part of it um if we even though we're not getting paid as long as there's a contract in place and we're continually working um there is opportunities to continue you know basically building that account and and companies will eventually get caught up but from the last day of work if there's no other work on that on that particular property moving forward you only have 45 days until the last day of work performed to be able to take any legal actions. So yeah. you really have to monitor that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's a really important uh, distinction there. And I think a lot of people uh, aren't aware of that I, I certainly wasn't aware of that I didn't realize that there was a 45 day limit like that. So that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good tip. Now um, I'm just curious about your uh, relationship between the two of you, because you're, you're married, you're partners uh, in the business as well. Sometimes that works really well. Sometimes there's some friction that happens. How do you two make it work um, so that, you know, the one doesn't bleed into the other? So, you know, you're uh, maybe having a, a personal, uh, you know, fight or, or spat at home or something like that, but you have to show up and work together. Uh, how do you guys keep that going? I was pregnant a couple months after we bought the business. <laughs> so, or after it started. And uh, so I've always been in the office and do the paperwork. And I've always been very content with that because I am a little better with the computers than Franco is. And I am real, an organizing freak. Like I'm spreadsheet queen, make them all pretty. <laughs> I think so. But, and he does deals with, well, I, I will still speak with clients, yeah. but he does all the quotes. Uh, our, uh, our background, our strongest, uh, or what we, what we excel in is basically customer service. Uh, that's our background. Yeah, we worked in restaurants um, for years. <laughs> working together as a team, I think uh, the first year there was growing pains. Uh, yeah, we lock horns and, you know, um, I, I, think, I think a lot of it also <laughs> too had to do with the fact that you know, a lot of financial expenditures are going out and, and things are yeah. not coming in. And yeah. that, that adds a little bit of a stress there. But early on, what we did was we established roles. Nadine, we, 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 we take each, each of our strong points and that's what we applied basically to the business. And anything else that was lacking in between, we worked together on. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very good with with working with the staff, working hands-on, working with clients. Yeah. Nadine is awesome when it comes to the administration uh, part of it. And, and she's great with the financial part of it. If I need to buy a piece of equipment or I need money to do anything, I call her up and say, I need this yesterday. And she makes it happen. Um, We've so, heard a lot of relationships where the wives get really angry. What do you need a new sweeper <laughs> for? And, and I, I like I, for me, I understand and I also trust him that he's making the best decisions for us for the yeah, company. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, you need that machine. I realized that that machine makes us money. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I think not everyone understands that you have to 
put the money out there to to grow and to expand and so yeah i've always been very supportive that way we always find a way to make everything work and you know something bad happens so i just say it'll i'm the positive one so you believe like, in, in putting positive energy yeah you know out there um i i do have to say and i'll say this to to any any of the new startup companies out there that that's either in our field or in in an office um you have to continue invested in, in equipment uh you have to keep equipment current because there's two things that happen one uh old equipment or used equipment or whichever does not hold up well they tend to break down more often which is costly and secondly if you're giving your staff members old broken equipment uh their experience is going to become a poor one and yeah. uh and you tend to have a lot of more more frustrations when you're working and, so and invest in over as well in staff turnover right. right they get frustrated they leave is that, they do yeah yeah so, and that, so, that must be something in your business though that that is you know an ongoing challenge always is staffing right the biggest yeah. one yeah. yeah it is um yeah. and and not all of it uh it, i think a large part of it is the fact that we do have um, seasonal workers uh, that goes back to school. Um, and because we, I mean, our, our, our services are seasonal, you yeah. know, landscape is six months out of the year, snow removal is six months out of the year. So we, t- but we have a solid base. We have a solid base of crew that works year round. And then uh, probably 30, 35% of our crew is seasonal crew. Mm-hmm. Um, also, too, a lot of people want to come out and, and we bring them on board to work um, outside in the elements. Yeah. Not because you just because you're living in minus 40 weather doesn't mean you have the ability to work outside in minus 40. I don't. So yeah. not everybody, unfortunately, <laughs> can can handle it. Um, yeah. But, you know, with with we believe we have good programs in place, good, you know, uh, to, to be able to retain staff. I think that the challenges we run in today is um, there's not a lot of uh, not a lot of applications coming in these days. Yeah. And I want to be very uh, yeah. very careful how I say that. A lot, lot of people not working, but not a lot of people looking for work. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting, right? There's this uh the 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 great resignation is what they were calling it, right? And and so um through COVID it kind of shifted some thinking in the way that people are approaching work. And so some industries, I've talked to entrepreneurs and you know, they put out a job uh posting and they're getting stacks of resumes. And other ones it's just it's just crickets. They they're not receiving hardly anything at all. Uh, we, for our business, we've been trying to recruit for uh, a couple of positions here now for a couple of months, and we still haven't been able to fill them. It's just been really difficult for some industries. Yeah. So um, a question for you, uh, because I know that uh, like just talking about the employee side of it, and I know you are really focused on growth. You can't do that without the, you know, having the team, having employees around. And I also know that you're thinking about okay well, what does the future hold and there was some uh, um some discussion around potentially working an employee ownership uh angle into the business right. as well right um can can you share with me 
um, and the listeners a little bit about how you're going to approach that, what your thoughts are on that, what the strategy is, because uh, that's that's the exit strategy at this point for you as an entrepreneur, correct? Yeah. Well, for, for many years, um, running the business uh, a lot is basically Nadine and I. Um, and we have, you know, uh, managers that work under us. Um, they manage crew, they manage projects and so on. What we want to establish is uh, the first thing we were looking at is having the right people around us and, pro- and basically promoting uh, existing crew, pr- promo- promotion from within, moving these people up into decision-making role, um, having them more involved with the clients. Uh, you know, we've been, we've been working hard in the last year, basically, yeah. um, with uh, introductions, um, bringing them, you know, having them also creating a profit sharing program for our, our crew. Uh, we believe that our company is truly nothing without our staff. Yeah. Well, right. one thing too, like profit sharing, the one thing you do realize as an entrepreneur, no one will work as hard as your business and as you will, because you have a vested interest. And if we expect and want to trust someone else to run and do everything for our business that we would, they have to have a vested interest as well. They have to be yeah. getting something out of it. People don't just do things for free. They do it for money and for profit and job satisfaction. So we have to make sure that going forward that the people that are working for us have that. They want. We want them to want to do it. Correct. <laughs> you know? <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. And, and I think we do have a couple people in place that we're looking forward to grooming and putting in those positions and hopefully everything will go well. And we understand it's a risk on both sides, like, yeah. you know, to be put in that position. And our biggest concern, too, is that they could turn around and quit. You spend a year or two getting them to where you want to be and then they quit and you're no further ahead when yeah. you started. Yeah. So I, I think the key is is communicating with the current staff. Mm-hmm. finding out what they want for their future. Because just because we see a promise in someone that can benefit our business doesn't necessarily mean that's what they want for their future. Yeah. Um, so we've been having lots of conversations lately with, uh, with a lot of our leaders, a lot of our, our team leaders, um, and some of our new crew. There's a lot of new staff that's come in that actually have background in, in certain things from from doing tenders, you know, tender packages and so on for clients. Um, and it's just a matter of finding out if, uh, if that's something that, that uh, they want to, they want to pursue as part of their future, because it, it makes no sense promoting a person who doesn't want to be in that position. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And it, it's also what they talk about is the Peter principle, right? Where you promote somebody to their level of incompetence, essentially. So, you know, you, you basically take your best landscaper and you make him the manager of the landscaper as well. But if he's not, or she's not equipped uh, or interested or trained on how to be a great manager, taking the best person doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be the most successful manager too. Right. So it's all about developing the right people. And uh, I, I think you're, you're, you're bang on when you say like, they have to have an interest first that they, they have to see that as being a bit of the, their career or their professional kind of development and and pathway. 
without that desire, they're not going to be committed. So am I hearing you right then in, in the sense that the strategy that you're wanting to deploy is, is, you know, the communication to them, find out who are the people who are wanting to grow within the company um, and then start to get them into trained into more senior roles, then start to provide some profit sharing and then it'll turn into then a potential for them to start to buy into the company if everything is going smoothly. Is that kind of the strategy? Correct. That, that's, that is, it's technically our two-year plan. Um, yeah. You know, we 50, know this 50 is, is the goal. <laughs> we know, we know this is not going to happen overnight. Um, we are more than willing to yeah. put in the work. We've done it for 16 plus years already. Um, uh, I think for us, it's going to be, uh, if we want to be able to slow down uh, in, you know, personally, we have to invest in our people. Yeah. And, uh, and I, and that's the route we're heading in. Um, one thing I want to touch on when it comes to the crew is not everybody is going to be a Franco and Nadine and, and not everybody's yeah. going to be the, the best lead hand out there. I think for, for us, what's worked really well over the past few years is, understanding everybody's strong points and utilizing the strong points. Don't weaknesses. Just focus on the strong points and apply that the best way you can to the business. Yeah. Even if they don't do something the same way that you would, doesn't make it wrong. Makes it yeah. maybe different and you have to learn. Like, cause I know too, like being an organizing person, I like things done a certain way, like letters capitalized, this, that, same fonts kind of thing. I can be really neurotic, but to let those little things go that really don't even matter. And if someone else says that's how they work, let them work that way. You can't do it's kind of like having children, I guess, in a sense. So too, you're yep. teaching and letting them be themselves, but at the same yeah. time teaching them what you know. <laughs> Allow them to to make mistakes. You know, yeah. uh, sometimes it's financially costly when they when they make a mistake, and uh, and have them learn and grow from that. I think that's that's crucial. I mean, you know, a, a lot of startup companies don't have the financial ability to make a, mis- a financial a mistake that's yeah. costly. I, I get, I understand that. We were there. Yeah. Um, but for 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 uh, we, I learned years ago that I have to be able to let go, let the crew do their, their job, hold them accountable. Um, because I was, we were putting in so much time into, uh, let's call it micromanaging mm-hmm. that we, we weren't making, we didn't have enough time to continue networking and build a business. Yeah. 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 And you can't, you can't do it all. And I think like you said, Nadine is exactly right. Like if people are going to do it differently, as long as they get to the, to the results, right? And if the results are there, uh, then sometimes it doesn't really matter necessarily how they got there. And sometimes yeah. their pathway is going to be a better pathway even than what ours are, even yeah, though we, we think that, that yeah, right. Yeah. So I, I'm curious because I know that uh, you, you are wanting to grow, uh, continue to grow uh, the company here and you've seen some tremendous growth over the 16 years. And so um, people are going to be, you know, a key part of that, obviously, but beyond the people part, what is going to be the keys to your success, like to successfully grow the company over the next, say, three to five years? 
I'm hoping advertising is going to be one of them. <laughs> to be very honest with you, it hasn't yeah. been something we've ever really done much of other than creating a website and it's, Ooh. you know, there and having a brand, we've never done ad any advertising. Um, so we, like, we, and even having the new managers that we are going to have in place, I'm hoping that they maybe have some ideas and that's maybe part of the growth too, is that they'll have ideas as to how to expand and how to grow. Yeah. I, and mm -hmm. keep in mind that growth for us is not always uh, more contracts and uh, more, more money to the bottom dollar. It's, um, growth for us too is is having more of our quality time at home. So time so yeah. So yeah. so if if we can develop our crew to take over a lot of what we're doing, that is growth for us also. Um, I think for us when it comes to uh, growth of the business financially, um, you know, we have some great things going on with with Nico. Uh, you know. I, I'm very proud to say that we we have a we've developed a recycle program for for a winter gravel in the last five years and and there's not another company out there that does that. Yeah. Um, you know we're we're taking this product that's applied to to these properties in the winter time, um, and instead of it hitting the landfill and and uh, and you know basically can you know, and going to waste or, or, or basically being buried into the ground, we take that material and we separate, clean it, and then we put it back onto our properties. Um, you know, that for me is the most exciting thing uh, that we have as part of the yeah, growth for the future. That'll... Yeah. Yeah. Well, it'll definitely dis distinguish you apart from the rest of the competition too, right? I mean, with especially yeah. nowadays when you're taking a greener approach, a more environmental approach to it, that's going to be noticed. Yeah. We, you know, it's, uh, we're excited about it. We, yeah. You know, it's, um, it's something that we, we invested money on as a test project. Um, it's, it worked incredible. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we're excited to see where, where it's going to take us. So. Yeah, that's really exciting. Yeah. And so in terms of success, then we, we talked a little bit about that. Um, but I'd love to hear from from both of you. What what does success look like? Like if you were to uh, sit back now and and, you know, or sorry, put yourself two years, five years into the future and then reflect back on it. What needs to happen in order for you to look back on that and go, yeah, we've achieved success. I think a lot of people, including myself, the first thing I want to say is financial. No, money is a good right? thing. Right. <laughs> um, but but I'm going to touch so, a little bit on my background. What if even if you say like we've had someone now? I don't do the day-to-day -day paperwork that I used to do anymore. The payroll, you know, all of the new employees and stuff like that. The invoicing, I still help a little bit with, but. I have a lot more free time and I think Franco is getting there as well. We've got a new manager. We finally have someone else creating some uh, quotes and estimates that we never had to do. Yeah. And that is success and that we're taking one job off of our plate. So that to me, yeah. Yeah. Success. For, for me, it would be <laughs> yeah. having financial stability. Yeah. Having uh, a better quality uh, life with my family yeah. time wise. Um, 
and being able to, to mentally shut off. Um, and also a big part of it is knowing that the people who are basically put in charge to run our operation is not just running our operation because of the financial rewards that they're getting, but also that they're happy doing what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, because we, for 16 years, as much as we've had growing pains and a lot of headaches, I quite enjoy doing what we're doing. Yeah. You know, it's 16 years and I still love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so. beautiful. I, I love that. And I think that you're, you're bang on on so many, like I can totally relate to so many of that, especially the, the piece that you said to Dean about removing one of the hats that I have to wear, you know, like if I can shed yeah. some of the hats, uh, yeah. then it, it, and it goes back to that time freedom that you were talking about Franco too, right before where it's just, I, I get time, I get quality time. I can shut off. Maybe I don't have to be thinking about everything. Somebody else is doing some yeah. of that. His quality time is me putting him to work. On the acreage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's important. You know, you know, what was, I guess that the biggest part of this, this, this movement here for us was the fact that we actually sat down and put a timeline on it. Yeah we want to see a, a bigger change in our quality of life within the next two years, how we're going to get there. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and we, we were so busy that we never even gave a thought about um, how we're going to be able to get to the point of not necessarily retirement, but doing less, Yeah. being less active in the company. And, uh, and we were, you know, as negative as COVID has been, there was positive that came out of it. It slowed us down and it actually opened our eyes to how important time really is when it comes to family yeah. and friends. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can completely relate. I, actually, right down to the timeline that you're talking about the two-year timeline because that was uh that was mine at the beginning of this calendar year too it's where i was i sat down and i visioned everything out and i actually you know verbalized what i wanted to achieve within the next two years where before that i hadn't and i think there was a little bit of resistance that i had to doing that because i was fearful kind of a failing at at it but when you you know you talk about it you vision it you 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 state what that goal is going to be now you have a marker that you can actually start to uh you know drive towards that you you can start to build some plans around and as that time line you know you get closer and closer to the deadline it creates the urgency as well and i think it just really applies focus to us because again, going back to what you were saying earlier is like your mind is going all the time about all the different things that you're having to think about and deal with as a business. Uh, it's easy for some of the goals to get kind of pushed off a little bit as you're dealing with the now. Um, yeah. So by staking it, you know, kind of putting your, your, your stake in the ground and saying, no, this is what we're going to achieve. Um, it just changes. It pivots the way that we think about things, I think. A lot of our us business owners can become stubborn. I've been stubborn for fifteen <laughs> plus years. Nobody can do what I do. Yeah, and that was my stubbornness. And I and it's you know like it's it got it gets you to a point of um, of spinning your wheels in mud. Yeah, that's 
the only way I can basically say it. You're you're busy, you're busy, but you're going, you know, the wheels are spinning, but you're not really going for it. Yeah. Um, and it took it took a, a serious sit down and slow down for us to to, to decide what, what do we want. Yeah. yeah. Where are we going? Yeah. Where are we going? <laughs> yeah. And I want more. Hopefully to Costa Rica. I want more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you both for sharing all your thoughts, the the wisdom, the experience that you've had over the years. I mean, 16 years in the business and and growing it the way that you have. And and then the next couple of years of, of really strong growth as well. It's going to be really exciting to watch that. And and uh, and I wish you all just the, the best um, for that. And I, I think you're on the right track. I think you're doing all the right things in terms of surrounding yourselves with the experts and then building that internal team um, and then just really being focused on that goal. So I have no doubt you're going to see that success in Costa Rica is right around the corner, Nadine. So, <laughs> so thank, thank you, you very much for, for sharing it today. Thank and you. Thank you for having us. So, uh, and for those of you who are listening today, if you enjoyed this episode and want to check out some of our archives, head over to amplifyyourbusiness.ca. That's where you're going to find all of our past episodes, future episodes. And of course, the audio version is available on all of our uh, major podcasting platforms that are available out there. So pick your favorite one and just search Amplify Your Business and you're going to find us there as well. So until next time, everybody have a prosperous day. 